uh, they say it takes two to tango. I say it, uh, it takes two to th throb. Uh, you know, I guess I'm still fingering it out. Okay. You know, just, uh, it's a little demon coming out. Uh, uh, but yeah, the fruit is gushing. Oh, it's that citric acid. Um, <laughs> oh, papaya. Um, yeah, just gotta find, just gotta find the uterus. Um, welcome to episode 169 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Recording this at 1.55 a.m. Eastern, September 14th, 2022. So, yeah. That's what's happening. Finally making some time for the pod, you know. I noticed that when I shower, um, I like to make it rain on you. Uh, which, by the way, an underrated thing I didn't even realize. Like, I didn't even realize my shower head. Had uh, different options, little different patterns. You know, I guess like little speed stuff that comes out, you get a more well-rounded like a sprinkle or you could get a poof, 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 like just a dash. Uh, well, you know, I guess uh, some things are better than the washing machine. Okay, uh, this obviously wouldn't be for me, for the ladies, uh, but, uh, oh yeah, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, but most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, suck some titties, uh, and, uh, just in case, we, we have a guest for today's pod, uh, we, we have a frequent revisited guest. I decided to invest in some ghost energy drinks. See if uh, it'll help my, you know, stuff. It's been a, it's been tough sledding recently to do this. But I'll tell you. So I was uh I was driving earlier, shocker. And. Some hit me right. There was this new rate. There's this new racetrack being built close to somewhere where I was driving. Right, literally they're going to be opening soon. And I got to thinking, racetrack is a big commercialized. Um, it's a big commercialized gas station. You know, it's not just a gas. It's not just a little thing where it has like six pumps. And you go inside and you get some candy or they have some soft drinks or you can buy some alcohol. Or, you know, as most people do, they buy the cigarillos. It's kind of weird how a gas station's like, oh, weed and stuff is illegal. But then we have things so people can roll up the weed. It's like, uh, well, people use it for tobacco. It's like, I've never seen anyone actually use them to roll up tobacco. I've only seen them for people to use stuff. Um, but yeah, not shaming. Just, uh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if we were to have a, like imagine if we just banned burgers. 
Or no, just imagine if we banned buns. But then you could go to some small little convenience store and still buy buns. It's like, okay. Like, what, what if it was illegal to have buns and bread and stuff in between it? Like, what if sandwiches, what if burgers, what if everything, what if those things were illegal to have? Like, what if you were seen eating a burger and you were get arrested and, like, be in probation? Because it's illegal, right? But we still sell the buns for people to be caught eating something illegal. That's the way I look at when you see these cigarillos and rolling shit to, for people to roll their drugs. Um, but yeah, neither here nor there. It's kind of a weird thing. It's like if something's illegal, then why is there even access to make performing the illegal stuff easier? If they really quote-unquote cared about the crackdown on drugs, which obviously they don't. Um, and they shouldn't, because it's not that big of a deal. Drugs has always been this overrated thing. I don't think drugs is the epidemic of what's wrong in society. I think, I think typically weak people, Jesus, that's not bad, um, but you know what I mean, typically the weak, the famine, the famine as they say, they, they will get caught up in the life cycle. And it will be survival of the fittest, and we people will be easily gravitated to things that will that help disappear, that that will help them escapism type of thing. Um, and typically, we people that have given up on life will gravitate to those things. So I actually think it's good that they're available. You know, it makes the competition lesser. Um, druggies will find other druggies to inhabit their druggies. And us non-druggies will, you know, still find a way to, you know, find other addictions in the process. Love. Um, but no, as I, I was I was thinking, racetrack and quick trip. Like, let's have a versus battle. Like, fuck, you know, fuck uh, Ashanti versus... You know, Monica or Monica versus Brandy. It's like, who cares? Who cares about boys to men versus, you know, 112? Who cares about Usher versus anyone that he would destroy in a versus? Who cares? The real versus we need is Quick Trip versus Racetrack. To me, and I started thinking, Quick Trip has been always a little bit more established. You know, Quick Trip has more variety. A little bit more trustworthy. It's got like an old soul attachment to it, right? You can find Quick Trips with free air you can put in your tires. You can't find that racetrack. Every racetrack, you have to pay for air. Huh, what does that sound like? Burger King. Every Burger King, what do you have to pay for? No matter what. Cheese. 
Air equals cheese. <laughs> Air in your tire equals cheese. Quick Trip is just like, it's included. It may not be working all the time, but hey, you know, you can press the thing and it'll make some weird pumping noises. The next thing you know, you're up to 35 PSI, baby. And the fountain drinks, they may or may not be carbonated all the time. But I will still be willing to pay for uncarbonated drinks at Quick Trip. Because there's a variety. They got so much offering. They got slushies. They got frozen hot chocolates. They got like smoothie. They got these weird unnecessary amount of shit that I know 90% of people don't actually drink. Like these Jolly Rancher slushies. As good as that sounds, these orange cream, all these fucking, they got so much fucking shit. You know they pour all, like they have 18 fucking teas, green herbal tea, like these energy power, you know, ginseng, honey tea, like in these brew peach teas. It's like, damn, like they go through a lot of trouble for shit that I don't, I've never seen a person get any fucking tea from Quick Trip. I'm sure it's good. I've never seen anyone get tea from Quick Trip. Alright. Now. I think. Quick Trip is the McDonald's. And Racetrack is Burger King. Burger King. is always like. It's like man like. There's got to be really nothing else around for you to choose Burger King. But, you know, they keep up with the Joneses. They have nice advertising. You know, they have an appearance. They have they have a crown for, you know, as their thing. Have it your way. And they got a lot of similar stuff as Quick Trip. Racetrack has a lot of similar stuff as Quick Trip. Burger King has a lot of similar ideas as McDonald's. But it's just not. Like, yeah, they have the Thousand Island sauce and some of their weird burgers that I'm sure is actually bigger in size. But it's just not. There's just something... Like, Burger King just feels like you're down on life. Racetrack, I'm, for some reason, I just, I just don't feel when I get gas from there. I don't feel I get all my gas. I have no proof of that. It's just a feeling. Racetrack is actually too clean. Every time I go into a racetrack, it is too well put together. I don't like that. Sometimes you go on a quick trip. It could be a mess if you go the wrong time of night. They're always clean. They're always like taking stuff out. Restock all this shit. Like they're always keeping it going. Racetrack it always seems like. When did you guys stock everything? Maybe people just don't go there. Like Burger King. I don't think a lot of people actually go there. If you've never seen a line around fucking Burger King. I've seen a line around McDonald's there and back. I've never seen more than like five cars in a Burger King drive-thru. Never have. 
I've never seen a racetrack full of fucking cars. I've never seen a racetrack. I've never seen someone actually wait behind someone at a gas pump at racetrack because it was that busy. I've seen people wait 18. I've seen three cars wait for a gas pump at Quick Trip. I've seen people scattered all around. It's amazing how no one in a Quick Trip ever gets in a fucking car wreck because people are just going all over the place. But people just know. Quick Trip is like a small town. It's just like the center hub. Like People just know how to operate and no one ever gets mad at each other. Racetrack, there could barely, there could be like eight cars in their 28 pumps. I've seen a couple accidents at a racetrack. Because people at racetrack are fucking idiots. Alright? I have no proof of that. It's just a feeling. You know? I don't actually do facts here. It's just a feeling. Racetrack, I just don't feel there's the effort. I feel... They want this feeling of pristineness, but there's just, they just don't have it. Burger King wants to feel like they're, and like Burger King, they want to, they want to have amazing variety. They want to have it, but they just don't. They're, they're a copy and paste of McDonald's. Without the essence. Quick Trip will always reign over racetrack. So. Oh, I guess the whole thing of all that was. Quick Trip. Wins the versus battle. Versus racetrack. Even though. And I also know, like, there's this literally nearby, like, I understand gas station competition. Like, literally, they built a racetrack, literally, was it, like, perpendicular, like, literally across the street. Not just, like, oh, like, kind of across, no, no, like, literally across the street. And I noticed something. It was, they literally built it, like, around, it literally looks like the same size, same height, and everything, except racetrack, they tried to make it look like a plaza hotel. They made sure the lighting was bright, everything was, all the, like, one thing I appreciate about Quick Trip, like, the gas station pumps, is the lights, you know, there's probably bugs fluttering, some of the lights are probably going in and out, some of them are probably out. Racetrack, you, I feel like every week they make sure, they always have someone making sure everything's up to date. They, they always got the maintenance on point. They got everything clean and everything. I'm pretty sure they even fucking make the wipers outside that should be disgusting people wiping their cars. I'm sure they even make sure they always got clean water. And I just don't like that. My gas stations don't need to be the most up to date. I actually like it when it's missing a couple light bulbs. I actually like it when it smells a little iffy. I actually like it when there is some trash on the inside on the ground. It lets me know a lot of people come here. And if a lot of people go somewhere, it's because there's a comfort level. And at racetrack, 
I don't feel comfortable. I just don't. You never, you know, a quick trip, you know, you know, some of the signs on quick trip, you'll see these amazing salaries for something like, damn, to be a clerk at quick trip, you start in 1934 an hour, uh, to be an assistant manager, you know, you get 53k a year, you know, just if you, it's like, damn, I, I never see those things at racetrack. I, and you know why I think the relatable aspect is you can say what you want about people that work at McDonald's and stuff. When you work in corporate and shit, from what I know, you can make a pretty decent living when you get to the, like those higher corporate levels and like assistant manager and shit. Like you make some, you never hear people, you never hear that for Burger King. No one's traveling for their job at Burger King. The other locations, the better. The other location, Burger King doesn't care to better the next location. They can barely get one location to get some going right. Alright? Like, obviously, who's ever in charge don't know what the fuck they're doing. Because someone... Like, like you know how... You know how, like, people always say, if I was the president, the first thing I would do... If I was the president of Burger King, the first thing I would do is free cheese for a whole fucking year. Everyone gets free fucking cheese. You want five slices of cheese on your fucking Whopper? Have at it. It's free. It's on us. The makeup for the years and years of the audacity and nepitude to charge people extra for cheese when you could just sneakily include it in the price that's already overpriced anyways. It's like $5.78 for a fucking like specialty burger, whatever the limited edition burger is. It'll be like some smokehouse, whatever the fuck. They're always doing too much, like their Southwest shit. They're always doing too much with these fucking sandwiches. And then the combo's like 9 10 or 11 bucks. And it's always just like, eh. A combo at a fast food should never exceed 8 bucks. And honestly, shouldn't really exceed like six or seven dollars. But I understand with inflation these days, the cost of shit. Fine, we'll just say eight fucking dollars if you get one of the expensive triple quarter, whatever the fuck shit. But unfortunately, but yeah, no, I don't know why I said unfortunately. But yeah, that would be the first thing I would do. Everyone gets free fucking cheese. Because you know what it would do? It's marketing 101. It's taking accountability for the horse shit we have put on you guys. And realizing our wrongs. And we're going to actually make it right. And have it your way. Because there's no way about having it your way. When you have to pay extra for something that should be fucking included. I feel like this is like the eighth time I've addressed this cheese shit on this pod. But it's a real thing. Oh, look at this entitled person. Feeling like he doesn't have to pay for cheese. It's like, you're damn right. Unless I go to the grocery store and buy fucking cheese, it should just be included. I should not have to make an extra emphasis to want cheese. You should only make an emphasis if you don't want cheese. And you have every right to not want cheese. But I want cheese. Jesus. <sighs> and I'm grilling. 
that cheese because uh, I'm making you smile, baby. Um, <laughs> and I grill them cheeks. All right. Woo! But yeah. Uh, quick chirp one, raise shark zero. And that's the versus battle for this week. Maybe I'll do a versus. Maybe I'll do a versus of two establishments like every other weekend or so or every pod. I don't know. I don't I don't know how often I do the pod anymore. So I can't really say every week I'll do one because I can go one week where I do four episodes next week and do none. I don't know. Um but yeah. Uh so yeah. The end of that segment, McDonald's is Quick Trip, Burger King is Racetrack. And, um, no one wants to be Burger King and Racetrack. You're never going to be Quick Trip. It's just the way it is. All right. Next segment. Or not next segment, but, you know. Um... Actually, I think I wrote some topics. Oh, yeah. Did you know him being a man? So, I was watching... I think I mentioned it the last episode when I watched, like, the public... Freak, like, I went on a public freakout YouTube binge of shit where you watch public freakout vids. Um... And apparently there was one instance in a video where a lady was mad and brought to a woman's attention because she did not want to be called ma'am. And the lady said ma'am to her in a polite way in this simple situation. But apparently being called a ma'am is a reference to a female pimp. Like, I guess if you're, like, a female pimp is what you would call a man. So, I guess I've been calling old, elder ladies pimps this whole time. Um, uh, They could pimp my ride if they want, or actually just clean and vacuum it, because I'm too lazy for that. Um... <laughs> Old lady, clean my ride. Um, <laughs> I'll show you the exhibit later. Get it? Exhibit? Exhibit? Ah. Uh, actually, I've never heard a single rap of his. He has like one of the coolest names in rap history. But I don't think anyone's ever actually heard his music. Which, by the way, Rest in peace to PMB Rock. Um, apparently, well, not apparently, it did happen. Um, he got run up on while he's eating Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in LA, I think. California, essentially. Um, and his ops got him. And I'm not saying it'd be funny, like, that's how people refer to it. Um, and there's a lot of controversy around the situation. Because his girlfriend, who he was eating there with, 
posts on Instagram a picture of the food, as the ladies always do. Post pictures of the food, and then had the audacity to post the location, like Lily, and caption she put Roscoe's chicken and waffles. And everyone knows she was his girlfriend. So when people are out to get you and run up on you, they, you know, they follow certain people that you're close with. And if they ever see where your location is, that's how they come and get you. And, well, they did. Um, now, look, I'm not, I don't, I don't think, obviously, it was ill intent. It's just... Someone living their life and maybe she didn't think it through because, you know, probably she just thought she was posting a nice, you know, eating lunch with my bae at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And it probably was innocent, but at the same time, if you know your husband has been associated with certain people or has come across these situations and you know that type of lifestyle, you've got to be a little bit more careful about that. I'm not blaming her, but what I am saying is there's a reason why you just shouldn't post your life on social media, especially when people actually give a fuck or have something that they may want to do something to you about. I know, oh, so I'm supposed to live my life in fear? It's like, um, I mean, if you don't want to die, <laughs> like, not even trying to be funny saying that. But it's unfortunate um, for obvious reasons. And you know what was weird? It actually, I found out, and they mentioned I haven't seen it yet, but apparently he went on DJ Academics, his podcast, off the record like a week or so before. Or it was posted a week before. Now he probably was on it a week before that or whatever. And then the episode came out. Basically, he was on the show not long ago, like literally within a couple weeks, probably. And he literally talked about, because when all this stuff happens, like, holy shit breaking news and stuff and then someone covering it was I think I was watching the breakfast club I watched like their I watched like a seven minute YouTube clip they posted about it where they talked about on the show whatever and they um and apparently on the show he mentioned how he was talking about a similar instance that happened um like a year prior or during the pandemic where he got run up on or whatever while he was eating or while he was out to eat with his family and nothing happened apparently but you know he basically said hey I don't play that shit you know type of stuff and I guess he got scot free away from it um now what I will say and it will probably what will probably happen now as because there's always been controversy around DJ Academics with kind of the stuff he covers and how much he kind of you could say he's too comfortable putting out. You know, if you really think he could be like a slightly, I would say less severe version of the criticism that DJ Vlad gets. 
DJ Vlad will just have people come on and they just incriminate themselves. Now, the granted, they incriminated themselves. I'm not I'm not a belief that you're responsible for what people say on your stuff. Um, but you know what you're getting when you invite people type of thing. And you probably do have a, in certain situations like that legally, and especially people that are part of very dangerous shit, you probably should, like, Hey, I don't know if we should put this out because people might come after you type of shit. Now, um, so I think DJ academics with this stuff, it might, this stuff might start, he might start getting like real criticism for this. Because obviously with the Takashi 6 9 stuff, everyone knows about that. He's had people on his show or really just stuff he talks about like on his live stream. Especially when he used to do, he still does Twitch I think. But you know, I don't watch Twitch. But I've seen the YouTube clips and stuff. I mean he goes in and he just talks about like the very inner of the inner type of lifestyle of that shit. You know, whether it's gangs or violence or whatever. And started talking about the Chicago old block. Like, getting real deep into this stuff. A lot of gang activity. A lot of, like, real shit. And typically with rap, there there's a certain connection aspect. Because a lot of people come from these backgrounds. Like, of real-life backgrounds. That's why they talk about it in their music. And that's why King Vaughn, for example, shit happened. Typically, when you talk about stuff in your music, people go to prison and stuff, they incriminate themselves. Y&W Melly, I got murder on my mind. And he's literally talking about because he murdered someone. Um, like, this shit is real. And I think Joe Button was critical about it before. And they are kind of friends and stuff. I think this is going to... Like, I think DJ Academics under the radar. Like, it's going to start coming... People are going to really start coming for that shit. And start this thing about holding people responsible. I think people are going to start doing it. I don't necessarily agree with that, though. I don't necessarily agree that's how it should go. But I think that's what's going to happen. Because we always feel this need nowadays to hold people accountable and responsible for stuff that happens on their show of what people say on their show it's like if you you know what if you just don't want anyone to say anything controversial then just have boring ass people with pr groups that that are trained to only say like they're at an nfl press conference and you want russell wilson type of person be my guest it's going to be very uninteresting Like, you're not responsible for what people say in your show. And if people do stuff that incriminate themselves or people do stuff that put their put themselves in danger. Now, maybe you may be mindful about, hey, I just don't think. And then you make a decision not to do it. But I don't think. But I think if you do put it out there, that's not on you. That's on the person that said the shit. You are only you're not responsible for what other people say. You can't be. You have to let people speak for themselves, even if they're completely wrong, even if they even if they put out shit they shouldn't. Cause you know what? That's a reflection on them, not you. And it's weird we always we kind of live in this culture and world where we end up making it where 
we're more mad at the person for putting out something more than the actual person who actually committed the thing or actually said the thing. It, it was kind of like with Joe Rogan during all that shit. People were more mad about the guests he had on the show and stuff they said than stuff that he would respond to those people with. Like, oh, well, you give your platform. It's like, yeah, I let these people. Because you know what benefit when you have a platform that's big, when you have like academics or Joe Rogan type platform, is that when you, this obviously doesn't apply to P&B Rock or anyone that says, you know, incriminates himself type of thing. But um, I think let's say there is a villain type of person, right? Let's say there is a person that is an idiot or a person that people don't like or is deemed to be problematic, right? Well, isn't the best way to really prove and to make that person look bad if that is your intention is to have that person on as big of a platform as possible and face plant themselves. If they are actually being interviewed by someone who's going to push back or be interviewed by someone that's going to just let them speak and make themselves sound. Because, you know, I'm a believer that if you really want to know what someone thinks about something and you really want to see how dumb someone is, just keep letting them speak. The more someone speaks, the more dumb they typically are. This is human nature. So, I do think this is going to be one of those things that it's going to kind of put these big shows and these big podcasters and these big radio people on, on like, fragile stilts with this shit. And they're going to be very apprehensive for what they put out. And it's going to only make... It's only going to be, honestly... The only people that are going to suffer is the audience because, you know, we're just going to get a lot of regurgitated, boring shit. And we live in this world of realness and shit until we get in there like, well, you know, that that we shouldn't put that out. You know, uh, you shouldn't say that. It's like. Then basically everything's just going to become PR and filtered and everything that podcasting was supposed to be. Ends up not because it's just going to turn into radio, which is everything that gave it the advantage over radio. But if it becomes so big and commercialized and every fucking podcast is advertisement stuff, there's going to be a lot more commercial break. And it's basically just going to be a radio show and you just have a little bit more convenience to it. That's why I'm kind of afraid of about this shit. Is that I don't feel podcasts are going to be uncensored. As time goes on. Especially the bigger, bigger the show is. Because there's just too much more, I guess, to lose at stake. And you put certain things out there. In this case, people's lives are literally at risk. Um, so, yeah, you know. I don't know who, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to blame her. Because I honestly believe she was just posting. She was just posting a nice lunch, like. You know, 
that's what people do, you know. Social media is, you post this where we're, you know, this is what we're doing, you know. Um, but I would say if you are with someone that you know that has that type of maybe even tie or maybe even at risk of someone coming to do some shit, like, you got to be a little bit more careful about that. I don't know. Probably not qualified to really speak about this shit since I'm not part of that lifestyle. I've never really been part of gangs and shit, but um, I really had quote-unquote ops. Um, the only op I have is a man in the mirror because I'm finally going platinum like Michael Jackson. The man, the man I see in the mirror is actually going platinum. But yeah, rest in peace to PNB Rock. Um, but yeah. Uh, what was it? Oh yeah, female pimps. Um, <laughs> so uh, don't don't go around saying yes, ma'am anymore. Because apparently it's, I guess, the equivalent of calling a girl. A bitch. According to this lady, of course. She's like, so do you know that ma'am was used to essentially for female pimpery and all that? I'm like, I feel like, I'm like, wow. I I feel like this is the definition of a stretch. Like, if someone says yes ma'am or no ma'am to you, and you are over the age of 30, and they are younger than you, get over it. It's not, forget the man, forget the female pimp, because obviously that lady is just one that like always wants to find a problem with shit that's not really there, always wants to go back into history, but not sure if what she's actually saying is actually accurate revision of history. But these people that hate like ma'am and sir, because I grew up, I mean, it wasn't like you always say that to people, but it's just natural to say to like someone older like like even like a teacher like that was normal like especially if it was like an older lady you know be like you know did you and you just say yes ma'am you go out you know you go you go to eat and you have a waitress that's you know an adult lady you say yes ma'am it's like oh did you want the chicken tenders yes ma'am you go to grandma's house. Yes, ma'am. Not for a second would I think the word ma'am is indicating that you're being pimped out. Or that you're the pimp. Not for a goddamn second. And then, apparently, there are, there are guys who don't like being told sir. And I think it's this whole thing of you just don't want to feel old. So hearing those words, yes, it's like typically an elder statement. It's simply something you say to elders. Like, no one's saying yes, sir, to me. Well, you know, maybe in uh, certain capacities, you know, daddy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I would say. Some girl, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> now, look, if you're in the midst of, you know, a heat of a moment with a lovely lady and you say, yes, ma'am, just like that. Like, yeah, that may be a buzzkill. Um, 
There's a reason why I like to be people refer to him. Oh yes, Daddy. Not yes, sir. Um. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a little weird. That if some girl said yes, sir to me, I'd be like, in the midst of that, I'd be like, ugh. But like, if if a but if I'm a waiter somewhere and I'm bringing out someone's chicken pot pie. You better say yes, sir. I don't care if I'm 26. You tell me yes, sir. I don't care if you're older than me. Yes, sir. You just say it. Because we just say yes. Yes. It's like, that's weirder than you have to add. You have to finish the sentence. And it's a simple word. Ma'am and sir. It's a simple two-word sentence. And it tells you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I would like that. I wouldn't like that. That sounds great. Thank you. It's not that hard. And it doesn't mean anything more than what it means. I understand words can have a deeper meaning behind everything. But then you're going to be one of these weirdos on TikTok and Instagram that wants to feel like you're so educated. That wants to feel like you understand something that everything has a deep-rooted historical context that's problematic. And maybe in some ways, some things, yes. But also look at the intention when people say it. If I say yes, sir, to you, and you want to chastise me and start to lecture me why you don't say yes, sir, to people, to men? Like, I might slap the fuck out of you. And I realize this is a common theme. It's just like, I want to slap the fuck out of some people. Because it is people doing the most when I am being, when I'm saying something in reverence to you. And your established state. And is the ultimate moniker of respect towards you as an individual, as an elder. How am I supposed to respect my elders but then I call you bro? Or dude? Or my bitch? Didn't have the same ring to it. Just let me call you ma'am and sir and go about my day. I swear, people just want to find shit. And it pisses me the fuck off because, you know, you grow up with decency and what, like manners and just human things that you talk to people about and how you address people. And then as you grow older, all those things you're taught of how to address people, how to be respectful, apparently, it's it's all disrespectful. So I don't know what to believe. Was everything I learned wrong or these motherfuckers weren't taught it and they think that they're right and I'm wrong? Either way, somehow, I'm always wrong. Even when I'm doing the right thing, I'm wrong. Like, how full of yourself do you think you're too good to be called ma'am or sir? Like, you should be happy. I call you that. 
God, some people are just so fragile, man. Some people just honestly need to get over themselves. Some people honestly just need some hobbies on the simplest of levels. Um, but yeah, man, being a female pimps, blow me. Jesus Christ, blow me. Um, so, uh, marriage counselors. I'll say, I think marriage counselors are scam artists. Yeah. Because my belief is, if you have to go to marriage counseling, it's done for. Because here's why. Why do you need to pay someone hundreds of dollars to tell you that one of you needs to do the fucking dishes? Marriage counselors get bank all because you two can't figure out who the fuck should do the dishes that day or that time. They literally get bank because they're supposed to put input into your life and your relationship with someone based off what you two tell them over years and years of built-in Trust and connection and love you put into each other. This is the most, of course, uh, optimistic view. Because eh, love love isn't always there. Um, and they're literally word of mouth and you pay them money. You just you justify paying hundreds and thousands of dollars over time. When really, it could just be fixed if you guys actually just made a choice to get along better. Like, getting along is a choice. And I just have a hard time funding people who are making more than me to fix my self-inflicted problems. I think marriage counseling is a scam. I'll say, I I think, I don't think there's really anything, I don't really think there should ever be anyone that should be able to title themselves a relationship expert of any type. Sure, you could give advice, but I don't think you should ever be paid for your relationship advice. Because forget the fact that it's subjective, objective Literally, any advice you give or get can work and not work with the same person. Some things will work with the same person and in different situations, not work. You know, sometimes you do got to yell at someone. I know this sounds toxic. I know that sounds bad. I know this sounds like, oh, like, but you know, sometimes people don't get the fucking message until you tell them they ain't shit. 
And you too, you ain't shit. And sometimes someone has to tell you how much ain't shit you ain't shit for you to realize you ain't shit. You don't need a marriage counselor for that. I don't need a marriage counselor to tell me I ain't shit on certain things. I know I ain't shit on certain things. But I'll be goddamn if I prove that I ain't shit by paying more than I can afford, which is going to make me more like I ain't shit. It's one thing to be ain't shit, but I ain't going to be broken ain't shit. And I think that's why it's shit like the old say is cheaper to keep her than it is the lever. It's like, yeah. And a marriage counselor always sways and persuades a, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes things just run its course. It's like, of course it does. Things run its course. And that's how you make a shitload of money. When you really think about all these professions, they literally rely on the fact that you guys fell over and over. They hope you get married multiple times. And they hope you continue having the same problems. Because what if you actually go to marriage counseling for a couple times and you fix all your problems? Then like, oh, hey, I got to run a business here. Yeah. You guys still having problems in the bedroom? Is your love language still not connecting? Because, you know, I think I could find, I could poke some holes in your guys' problems. Like, actually, we're pretty fine. It's like, oh, really? Are you really happy with them? Do they really, do they really uh, honor and respect you the way? It's like, well, you know, sometimes I wish you, oh, hmm. Well, you know, what uh, another man isn't, another man is willing. And they gain your head about that. All I have to do, watch a marriage story. And you see with these divorce attorneys, these marriage counselors, these bullshit accorded. Before you get divorced, you're supposed to do marriage counseling. See if you can reconcile so you can spend more fucking money. It's like when you go to, it's like when you go to a local business and then they have like cards of other local businesses for you to go see. That's basically what a divorce, a divorce... If you go to a divorce attorney's office, it's like, hey, you know, if you want to, oh, I just happen to have like 18, I just happen to have like eight cards in my pocket for this lady that's a marriage counselor, you know, and we split the revenue when I refer, it's kind of like when you refer someone to apartments, like we'll give you 500 bucks if you refer to someone who's willing to spend 12,000 fucking dollars this year just to sit in a place full of fucking flies. It's basically, that's a referral system. It's nothing but this intertwined money pit. And they and because people are desperate to be in love. And love is the most powerful drug. And possibly walking away and realizing, you know what, this ain't it anymore. They're like, well, you got to spend like $7,000 and make sure it really ain't it, you know. You don't want to, you know, just let go of everything that you guys worked hard for. It's like, well, obviously, you know, when I busted eight girls' guts in the process, I think that kind of did it. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know why she doesn't trust me anymore. Um, 
Uh, guys really ain't shit sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, look, I, I understand people have problems before you meet someone. And sometimes when you're together long enough, like your real problems, your rooted problems from childhood and stuff that nothing from traumatic experiences with other people, maybe before that person, I understand that could fuck you up. I understand that. I understand that sometimes it takes a long time for certain things to come out and you got to learn how to deal with that stuff. And I do think there's value to have a third party objective person just in the outside looking in and be like, hey, I think you need to like relax on some shit. I think you need to understand that when you do this, this, and they would feel this, like I get that. But sometimes you're asking people who have no fucking idea about anything about the other person that you are making assumptions by. Because you can be with someone for 20 years and don't actually know a lot about them. So even when you tell people and you tell this counselor, you tell uh, your friends and shit about shit that they're not and all this stuff, you could actually be wrong. And... I think you got to be really careful with this counseling because you got to understand they have an incentive to continuously remind you and make sure you focus on all your problems so you continue coming back to them to quote unquote improve your problems. And then if they f- and if you feel like they're helping you, you're going to be afraid to disattach from the counselor that makes you guys on the same page. When in reality, if you two were just grown adults and just talked about shit and just fucking got your shit together and learned how to not overreact and learn how to actually just be productive human beings, you wouldn't need a random ass person who lives in a nice house and makes more than the both of you combined to tell you, you know, I just think you should uh, stop stressing over finances as I'm taking 300 bucks for this hour. Think about that. But hey, what the fuck do I know? Um, but hey, I'm a proponent of marriage. So, you know. Typically, um, <laughs> people that would tell you all that would be like, oh, I'm anti-marriage and all this shit. It's like, nah, I'm actually for marriage. Um, I just think you shouldn't have other people tell you how to, um, fix your shit. Cause I think all that shit's internal. I think all that shit, you, it's a deep look inside when you have issues with yourself. And sometimes when you invite another person into your life, You got to be able to identify when you're having problems. How much of it is stuff that has nothing to do with them and stuff that is directly them making you feel that way or is triggering something. I think to me, and I think everyone does it incidentally. It's human nature. And when those things happen, it's okay. 
you just got to be able to be willing to be like, hey, you know, I understand this is not just you. It's just when this happens, it triggers something in me. And so the least other person doesn't take it always so personal, right? And I think when you see with a lot of people and their relationships with people, based off the stuff they complain about, bitch about, publicly they bitch about, or privately to their friends... When you really listen to what they're saying, I always kind of like really read in between what they're really saying. It's really people that just want to find something wrong. And I had to break it to you. If you want to find something wrong, you can find something wrong in anyone. And I mean that in any facet of life. If you keep looking, you will find something. And I think ironically, counseling is supposed to bring people together. That's the intention. But actually, I think all it does is cause more division. Hence, divorce division, D-I-V. Um, I don't know what it means when they say, when people get divorced and it says, irreconcilable differences. What the fuck, like, what the fuck does that actually mean? Like, I feel like you should actually be, you should have to explain yourself in these documents. And I understand sometimes, like, they do. But I want to, like, what, what is so irreconcilable between you that wasn't three months ago? What really changed? Because the same irreconcilable differences were there months ago. Nothing drastically changed. It wasn't a life tragic event. It's just like we don't get along. Irreconcilable differences. Do you, do you like actually understand what that means? That means that something you do makes me legitimately not want to be around you in any capacity regardless of this great love and unionize we've built together. Like, it's crazy how, like, and it's not just, like, people that were together for four months, got married too soon, and all of a sudden irreconcilable. Like, that's self-explanatory why that shit goes wrong. How are you together with someone for, like, eight years, we'll just say? And it's just, like, irreconcilable differences. What the fuck does that mean? What was so fine for seven and a half years that wasn't fine the last half year? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. Um, irreconcilable differences. I've always found that. That's one of those bullshit. You know, sometimes people just grow apart. It's like, really? Because you both are literally like in the same virtual place in life. If identical of your genders. It's crazy how that works. Funny when people say we grow apart. But somehow the person always emphasizes that I just out. They always say they outgrew them. You always got to pay attention to the way people. And to be honest, it's simply the girls say I just outgrew them. It's like, yeah, you gained a lot of weight. You sure did outgrow them. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Not making fun of people's weights. Um, but that's totally is how it goes. But when they say 
you know, I just, you know, I just feel like I outgrew them. It's like, really? Um, cause nothing about your life situation says you outgrew them. Like nothing at all. Like literally nothing. Oh, when we talk or connection, you know, it just feels like I just, uh, think on a different level than him. It's like, yeah. Cause you didn't have time to think about all the shit that you're at home fucking thinking about. When you're watching Judge Judy chastising another ungrateful lady. She's talking to you. Irreconcilable differences outgrew them. I swear to God. If I would ever see that in a fucking divorce. if it, See, this is why I couldn't be like a judge. If I like, if I had to sit through these people bitch about each other, annoying is annoying enough. If I had to hear someone say, you know, I outgrew them, and then I look at their situation and be like, really? That's where I would lose my shit. That's why I can never be judged. Besides the years of schooling and actual understanding of the law system and all that shit. Nah, you know, it's mainly because I would lose my shit with these people. I can't be patient, but I would lose my shit with the explanations that these people say. They will say everything but what the actual issue is, which is them. 99% of the time... When someone wants to play a more commanding version in a divorce or a breakup, 99% of the time, it's because they were the one that had so much baggage and shit, so they always have to play this empowering position. You ever notice that? So they always say, I outgrew them. I'm just in a different space in life. Whatever the fuck that means. I'm in a different space in life. It's like, really? Because we lived in the same fucking space for 18, 19, 20 years, whatever the fuck long we were together. We lived in the same space. You're literally not in a different space. Without my child, without my alimony, you're literally just going to be outside, living in a space. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was episode 169 of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, like, subscribe. I already said that, but don't forget to suck some titties. Um, yeah, I actually did an hour long, so I guess that's a good sign. Jesus, where's my humor? I'm getting too sentimental here. Getting too real for the pod. The corniest guy alive without the corny jokes. Maybe I'm actually changing as a person. No, I'm not. I guess I'm in a different space. I'm just in a different space in life. You know, maybe. I I think I just outgrew this pod. (laughs) Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. I outgrew the pod that has my fucking name on it. You bitch, you have my fucking last name. You didn't outgrow shit. (laughs) This pod. You have my last name. You ain't going nowhere. Because without me, I have to turn you on. I know I could turn you off, but I could really turn you on. Oh, my Sony camera. I could really turn you on. All right, guys. Have a great day.